Hey everyone and welcome to the OS Training Podcast. My name is Steve Birch. Here at OS Training, our motto is you can build great websites, we can help. And in these interviews, we talk with people who can also help you build great websites. A really good example of that is Mendel Kurland from GoDaddy who we're talking with today. Mendel works with the biggest website platform in the world, GoDaddy, and he has a really interesting story to tell from starting a hyper-successful social network when he was still in college to going through the whole GoDaddy experience as they transitioned from a fairly aggressive brand and fairly sometimes obnoxious brand into the much more community-minded and constructive company they are today. And he's also starting a series of events aimed at getting tech people outdoors and into the wilderness. Now, one quick note before we begin, GoDaddy have been a sponsor of OS Training and are going to be again in the future. So bear that in mind, but I think you'll find the interview is fascinating and interesting, and we don't really do any push for GoDaddy. Uh, they're a great company, and Mandela's is a great guy. Hey, and welcome, Mandela. Uh, thanks for joining us on the OS Training Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Mandela, what um, what would you describe your your role as right now? What what do you do at GoDaddy? Uh, well, so uh, I guess uh, some people might use the term unicorn, but uh, I think that's been played <laughs> out a little bit. So. Uh, um, I, uh, I do everything community oriented at GoDaddy. So bringing feedback from WordPress and other technical communities uh, back to GoDaddy and then uh, figuring out how we can uh, tell our story, get our story out there um, to technical communities. So some call it evangelist, some, uh, some call it uh, community management. Um, I just call it a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I've seen other companies basically advertise for a Mendel. You're kind of so well known in this particular role of getting out there and getting a company's face seen in the community that other companies have tried to um, to get someone who who does what you do. Um, you, you go to DrupalCons, to WordPress events, to just about anything, almost PHP related. Yeah, and even some uh, some small business stuff. Um, I was just at an event apart, which is a, a fantastic event and a place to really kind of spread your wings and learn a little bit more about the web world uh, beyond the echo chamber of um, you know very specific technology focused events. It, event apart is is that, uh, Jeffrey Zeldman and his his crew. Yes, uh, and it's it's all focused on um, design. You used to be able to say it's all focused on front end, um, but now a lot of front end is also back end too. Uh, the, the the lines are blurring a little bit, but I would say a lot of it's focused on presentation of of uh, web creations. Although you work you work at GoDaddy, you're uh, based down in uh, in Austin, Texas at the moment. Uh, you're not originally from Texas, right? You're an Iowa boy originally? Yeah, uh, so born and raised in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Um, made my way at, uh, at the, the beautifully young age of 18 to um, Iowa City to attend the University of Iowa. Um, ended up getting thrown out of the University of Iowa a couple times. Um, that, that was fun. Uh, I, I created a startup um, back in the day, it was a social media or social networking startup uh, at the University of Iowa, and just stopped going to class and instead 
uh, was programming all the time. Oh, so you didn't get kicked out for doing anything bad, just for working too hard and being starting your own company and getting wrapped up in that? Yeah, yeah, being resourceful. Um, it, it was actually funny because I was in the computer science department. Uh, and so I was spending my nights coding and getting kicked out of school for not going to classes where we were coding. So uh, it was uh, the 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 irony was pretty was pretty funny. Um, but uh, ended up um, yeah ended up uh, just getting knocked out of there and and starting a web development business uh, after um, after I quit school for a little while or took took a prolonged break I guess. So were you one of those kids that was almost always had a computer in their hands. It sounds as if you turned up to to university being a good enough coder that you could start creating your own businesses, your own social networks already. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a funny early story, a quick early story. Uh, my my mom walked in on me in my in my bedroom and uh, you, you know, you never never know what uh, young kids are doing. Uh, and she found me with a computer all torn apart on my bedroom floor and was uh, was really worried and said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just taking it apart to see how it works. Um, and then I put it back together and I started using it. So that was that was kind of my my upbringing with technology. I was always playing with it, always having a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, I, I knew C, C++, Visual Basic, Perl, a whole bunch of things by the time I got to college. So. Oh, wow. So you were a super early starter. And then what kind of what kind of social network were you building? Did it go anywhere? Yeah, it was uh, it was it was super awesome. It was called UI Life, and we had sports scores and drink specials, house parties, um, social networking things on it. People could send each other messages. They could get movie listings. Um, it was all for the University of Iowa, and we were expanding to other schools. Um, I I was caught in this existential crisis. You know, uh, do I go to school? Do I do the startup thing? But it wasn't called startup then, right? And so it was um, it was difficult to kind of put um, put some energy behind something that uh, didn't really have a name. And uh, my father was um, was a, a school principal all my life, and so of course uh, education was very very important to my family. And so I was I was caught in this this uh, this fight between you know, kind of the angel and the devil on the shoulders, uh, trying to figure out which to do. And, uh, and I, I ended up uh, not doing either of them very well. I ended up spending a lot of the money from the startup, uh, which was pretty successful. But I did, um, part of that was uh, taking on web clients um, from the people that were advertising and that we were doing work for. And so I ended up doing a lot of work for local bars and restaurants and building their web presences out after... Um, after I shut down the the social network, oh, well, I guess UI Life probably came around at a similar time to Facebook was getting started, and sounds as if it had a, a a similar initial concept, targeting college students on one particular campus and then trying to expand from there. Yeah, in fact, uh, it did come out before Facebook, um, or probably around the same time that Mark was making Facebook uh, in his in his dorm room. And uh, we we had pretty great traction. I remember at one point we were seeing, uh, you know, uh, tens of thousands of people visiting um, on a on a monthly basis. In fact, I think there was one spike around a hundred thousand uh, people from all over the country. So it was it was pretty significant. Um, I I'm 
I for a long time was kicking myself for uh, for screwing it up because it <laughs> it could have led somewhere interesting. So you were running around trying to hold down a college degree and also running, I guess, the servers for a, a company that was suddenly getting massive bursts of traffic and uh, juggling advertisers. And it sounds like it was a pretty crazy existence trying to keep yeah, all those things going. Exactly right. Uh, it was it was a crazy existence where I uh, I was you know making a lot of money. Um, had a lot of fame. Uh, people knew who we were when we walked through uh, Iowa City, which doesn't seem like a huge thing, but in a town of 100,000 people, um, it was it was pretty it was pretty fun. Um, we were minor celebrities, and uh, I didn't know how to manage any of it. I didn't know how to manage the um, the the fame, the wealth, or the um, or the or the time. Uh, that and and the growth and so as a result, I really wasn't building a business. I was just building uh, kind of a a once in a lifetime you know pop of of excitement. Um, and so so uh, you, you know if I if I had grown up on the West Coast, maybe I would have uh, talked to somebody that knew something about you know a startup uh, or something like that. But that concept really hadn't made it uh, all the way to Iowa quite yet. Yeah, so um, you have this enormous uh, burst of success, um, and then I guess you graduated. You you went into a, building a more traditional web design company or getting a job. How did how did you transition from that, from college yeah. and from that initial startup? Yeah, so I so I took the uh, like I like I mentioned I took the um, some of the clients that I had with UI Life and ended up building sites for them and presences and became pretty well known in the community for doing that. And a friend of mine said, "Hey, uh, I know that you like the freelance lifestyle, but there's a consistent paycheck um, working for uh, corporate America, and there's this really great family business named West Music." in Iowa, or in, in Coralville, Iowa, actually. It's right next to Iowa City. And uh, he said, why don't you come apply for this job? I'm going to be leaving. Uh, you should, you know, it'd be a great fit for you. So I ended up applying and getting the job and worked my way up uh, within that job uh, to become the director of enterprise web development for West Music. Um, did that for a few years. And uh, that, that was fun. It was ASP.net and, and Joomla, actually. <laughs> What does that mean then? What um, what does head of enterprise development mean for a company like that? Yeah, there. Uh, so it's it's the same company that most people in the United States get their uh, their children's recorders from. You know the. Oh, okay. Those, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Those squeaky instruments that the kids love to play. Um, they actually, uh, I learned for the first time in my life working there that they actually sound really great when they're played by somebody that knows how to play them, um, but. Uh, it was it was a lot of um, Microsoft uh, products, basically integrating um, Microsoft backend accounting and inventory management systems to a front-end website that uh, took fulfillment from both a fulfillment center and from the local stores. And so we were engaged in uh, essentially starting the process of getting. Uh, West Music into social in, into the social realm, um, and then also you know this is back back when MySpace was was still a thing, um, and then also getting 
um, getting all these things connected so that inventory came from the right places and we were um, optimizing the sites, these e-commerce sites to make sure that uh, we could we could get more and more sales and instrument rentals. It was it was a pretty big project along with um, so there were two e-commerce stores and then there was uh, a significant um, boutique brand business that the company ran and runs today. So there were multiple brands that uh, that we built web presences for as well and maintained those. So I'd say there were maybe five to ten of those. So it was it was pretty massive. <laughs> Also, West Music is one of those companies that quietly has its fingers in all sorts of different places that you may have run across uh, in school or uh, a dozen different places. Maybe not aware of what the company does, but they, they sound as if they have a massive reach. Yeah, they, they do. And, and they're just really, uh, really smart, um, really smart business people. And so, and, and care deeply about the, the mission of bringing music to people. And so, uh, they, you know, everything from uh, music lessons for adults uh, in stores to creating lines of musical instruments that are affordable um, uh, for beginners or super high end and customized for advanced players. So, there, there, uh, there's a really incredible amount of work that went into. Um, building and growing the company, and I, I think that's why it's still successful today. But uh, but it was it was a really cool experience. They're one of those companies that's been around since the 1920s or 1930s. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it was it, you know multiple generations uh, of of music creators. So so talk me through how you how you jumped from there from a company which is has 70 or 80 years of history, a family-run business, I presume, um, uh, perhaps somewhat traditional, to a company like GoDaddy. Uh, you, you joined, I mean, getting on for 10 years or so ago now? Yeah, uh, and what's what's wild is that it was the same guy uh, that told me about the job at West Music, and he said, hey, I'm working at GoDaddy, now I'm leaving here. <laughs> he said, um, why don't you come and apply for this job? I think you'd be great for it. And uh, and I had a good laugh when he said that, but I also was really excited because I thought, oh, this is so cool. I can work for a tech company and I can still live in Iowa. And uh, and so I, I applied. And uh, at that time, I was working on online advertising. I was an online advertising manager and podcast uh, advertising manager. And the reason it was a good fit is because I'd done all of this promotional work um, and multi-channel marketing for West Music, but then also for my freelance business um, and UI Life. So I had learned quite a bit about online marketing. Uh, when I was working on UI Life, I was selling online advertising uh, for the first time in the history of the internet. I mean, there were there were people doing it, but not that many. Uh, and so I had kind of been there from the beginning. Uh, you know, classic banner ads and things like that on the side sides of the website. So uh, that's what I was buying on, on behalf of GoDaddy. I was finding places online to advertise our products and then also finding podcasts like Dignation and other podcasts uh, that we could um, either maintain relationships with or grow our presence in, in podcasts and, and talk about our products and services. Oh, so you could do all of this from Iowa, right? Uh, GoDaddy had an office in Iowa? Yeah, exactly right. In fact, that's where a lot of the origins of, of the uh, founder 
are uh, is in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, or, uh, Hiawatha, Iowa. And so there's an office there, and it's about a 30-mile, 30 30-minute 30 commute from Iowa City to Cedar Rapids. And so I would drive there every day and, um, and work on online and podcast advertising. Oh, forgive me. Maybe I've completely got my... Um... Uh, my facts twisted on this one, but um, am I right in thinking that Iowa is a surprisingly tech-friendly place that quite a lot of companies have their headquarters there? Well, yeah. not headquarters, but at least kind of branches with customer support and tech support and other things? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting place because labor, I think, is, is much less expensive there. Um, education, for a very long time, Iowa was number one or, or in the top five in the country for education. Um, and there are a lot of high-tech companies that uh, that are in Iowa. One uh, notably is Rockwell Collins. They they build uh, things for uh, aircraft, um, commercial and um, and I think military as well. And they're based in Cedar Rapids. So there's a there's a lot of engineering talent in Iowa. There's um, there's actually a, a a booming startup scene in Cedar Rapids now, uh, thanks to some really uh, really interesting individuals in the Cedar Rapids community that are that are trying to kind of create the Silicon Prairie is what they call it. <laughs> it um, it it's come about that we've hired quite a few people from that that neck of the woods over the years, partly because of the accent that it's almost like a a Canadian style accent in the Midwest. It's very straightforward, very clean and easy to understand. And so for doing video training, it's an almost perfect accent because almost everyone can understand it. Yeah, it's it's actually considered the, the, the least accented accent in the entire world, I think. Um, it's very, yeah, it's very, it's very clean, very understandable. So uh, th- I got that going for me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, almost perfect for doing podcasts and other things like that. Yeah, right. So you actually stayed up in Iowa when you were working with GoDaddy. Did that last for long? Did you end up moving to Texas at a certain point? Yeah, so I I told myself that I wasn't going to move out of Iowa until I graduated. And uh, as as we talked about before, I didn't graduate. Um, and so uh, so about about ten years into it, when I started at GoDaddy, uh, they they were interviewing me and they said, you know, we're we're happy with your qualifications. We're excited to have you work here. They said, if we do, would you get your? Uh, would you be willing to get your degree? And I said, um, if I get my degree, will you pay for it? And they said yes. And I said, then yes. <laughs> so, um, so I lugged uh, I lugged books around uh, about two years or three years into my time at GoDaddy. I I started piloting a training and education program. Um, for small businesses, and uh, I did that primarily in Chicago and Austin, uh, two markets that seem different yet um, both similar in their influence and and size. Um, there were some things that that helped me rank those cities, and um, I I took my textbooks with me wherever I went, and. I ended up graduating from Mount Mercy University with a, uh, with honors uh, in management information systems. And as soon as that happened, I said, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'm leaving Iowa." <laughs> uh, 
and Austin is, um, I guess, for people that haven't been to Iowa, um, at least one of our team still works in Iowa. And what they love about it is nothing happens most of the time. And he's pretty honest about that. He lives in um, uh, Fort Dodge, Iowa, and the one of our team uh, who lives there lived a fairly crazy life early, and he said. Uh, I love Iowa because nothing ever really happens here. Nice and peaceful and quiet. Um, on the other hand, Austin is, for those of, who haven't been there, it's almost like a mini Silicon Valley still. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, a lot of people wonder uh, how an Iowa boy could live in in Austin. And the, the reality is uh, Iowa is, um, is a really peaceful place. Um, and I really love the the state. There's when you say there's not a whole lot going on there. Uh, there, you know, you don't get big shows there. You don't get big brands there. Um, it, sometimes there's a delay, and then you do get them. But um, but there's there's a lot more going on as far as entertainment and food and things like that in in Austin. And so um, so yeah, Austin. The reason I, I wanted to move here, I was actually going to move to Chicago. Uh, but I, one day when I was visiting, I saw somebody riding their bike in the middle of the winter. And I thought, you know what? I want that to be me. I want to be able to do things in the winter and go and, and hike. And, uh, and so that, that was really the primary reason that I came to Austin was, um, was because of the weather and because of the tech scene. So you moved down to to Austin, moved to uh, GoDaddy's headquarters down there. It's it's a very different company now than it was when you joined. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's that's true. And actually, um, when when I moved down here, there were there were no GoDaddy offices, uh, which which is kind of kind of interesting to note. Um, but the the CEO, uh, you know, took interest in in my interest in moving here. Uh, and and said that it would be all right if I worked remotely. Now since then, uh, we've we've had uh, a media temple office uh, here doing doing some sales and things like that. And uh, and then I, I spent some time commuting to our our headquarters. But um, it it's a great it's a great place to be working for a tech company and to kind of experience the culture and all the other people around, you know, that work for Dell and Google and Apple and um, big chip manufacturers down here as well. Most of the, most of the processors that are in your phone, um, mobile processors and things like that are being engineered around here. So, so um, you were a little, um, perhaps a little away from uh, the main action of uh, GoDaddy's headquarters in um, in Arizona, living in Texas, um, but you've been there eight years or so. And when you arrived, GoDaddy even then was probably famous for having a slightly uh, risque, perhaps a slightly uh, maybe a aggressive attitude to marketing and its corporate culture. Um, and I guess, particularly from the WordPress side, you've been one of the people that might be heavily identified with trying to change that culture towards a more um, a, a less aggressive less um, uh, more community orientated aspect um, is that a fair a fair way to describe what you've been involved with over the last few years 
Yeah, in fact, I think that's um, that's a very kind way of of, <laughs> of mentioning it. Um, our our advertising used to be a bit crass, um, and the um, the positions uh, that we took on on policy and things like that were, um, you know, the the WordPress community and other technical communities were were very allergic to it, and for for good reason. Um, I say this as as a geek myself. Um, I I was I was on the more popular side of um, of policy along with uh, the rest of the geeks of the world, and so um, what what I've been involved with hasn't really been changing as much as uh, helping to change perception um, or communicating out the changes that have that have already happened or started to happen. So what I mean by that is our you know our products um, our products have changed our policy stances. Um, have have become more clear. Uh, our advertising has become um, fun instead of crass, uh, and sometimes a little a little geeky. Um, but all of those things really happened. Um, they they happened, and so I was able to do my job, uh, which is kind of getting the word out. And so it was kind of a team effort um, from the entire crew over at at GoDaddy, um, I just kind of helped put a mouthpiece on on what we were doing. Yeah, I, it's probably fair to say that you can change your advertising, you can change your TV approach, you can change the very high-level uh, brand products, but you still need the actual FaceTime and people getting to know you and trust you. That makes the difference, I and mean, people can watch say, hey, oh, GoDaddy's TV commercial looks different. But uh, having someone like yourself actually standing in front of people and getting to know people and um, sharing experiences with them is probably a much more tangible... I guess I'm trying to say that there's a... You can, you can change the culture, but actually communicating to people that the culture has changed is a tougher role. And takes longer. Yeah, it's it's hard, and honestly, it's been fraught with some um, I don't know some hard feelings. Uh, I I'm pretty passionate about the company. I, I I see from the inside what we've been working on and how hard people have have tried to uh, change and and have changed and represent um, the needs of our customers every single day. And uh, and sometimes it's been really hard uh, to to deal with some of that objection because um, sometimes people aren't as willing to um, to learn um, or or to to see the other side of things. So, well, how how far along do you think GoDaddy is on this journey? Uh, starting from when you first went out there as a community member and tried to interact with people, I suspect you probably had a a fairly large number of negative comments. How far along are you on the journey to people's normal first reaction being that GoDaddy is a, a changed and better company? Yeah, I'd say intention-wise, um, we're you know we've already made the change. So uh, as far as as far as how we're working internally and what we believe in and what our values are and all those things, uh, that's already done, hundred um, yeah. percent. As far as as far as the community understanding, I don't know that our job will ever be done. Um, there's always going to be, there are always haters. 
they're always lovers, you know. Um, we'll probably see, uh, you know, there there will probably be more hate in the future. Um, nobody can ever, uh, you know, nobody can ever outrun that, especially as a corp a corporation. Um, I, I had a buddy, uh, you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of Tesla, and I, I had a buddy uh, who who has a Tesla and. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're huge lovers of that brand. Um, and, uh, and they screwed something up and, and, uh, and, and so it made, made both of us think twice, but the truth is, um, a good brand is going to, uh, and, and a, and a company that is, is trying to do good, uh, I think is always going to, is always going to win out. Um, maybe that's a very altruistic or, um, you know, positive way to think about things. But uh, I think if you're doing the right thing for your customers, that even those hiccups, uh, you know, aren't aren't so horrible in the long run um, because you're, you're trying to do the right thing or you are doing the right thing. So. Yeah. Um, I, I guess of these brands, these big company brands, are, a company the size of GoDaddy being a, a public company, the brands are so ingrained in people's minds that whether it's moving in a positive direction like um, I guess reading a Microsoft um, uh, Microsoft overview of the new CEO then he's kind of taken Microsoft on a similar path to GoDaddy and the interview was talking about similar struggles that GoDaddy had been through in terms of trying to um, trying to renovate the Microsoft brand and you see companies moving in the opposite direction someone like Uber perhaps who started with a very pristine brand and it still it's despite all the knocks they've taken they still have a um, a very strong positive brand with a lot of people just just don't pay attention to how companies are trying to change themselves or the mistakes they made um, yeah and from the so I suspect from the uber example uh, I you know it's it's funny because um, I look at that and I think well, gee, I don't know that I want to use Uber anymore until I think, well, if they say they're trying to change or if they're if they're showing indications that they're changing, then, uh, you know, who am I to not believe that they're they're changing? Now, I also think you you have to do your due diligence and understand whether or not somebody truly is doing that or they're paying you lip service. But um, but, you know, that's a really great example of a of a brand that I think, you know, deserves the public scrutiny um but you know i i think every brand that is that is trying to genuinely change who they are as a brand if they if they show progress towards that then it's then it's at least worth consideration um so you've been involved in in the community effort as a community manager for several years now and am i right in thinking that um you're about to take uh, another jump. You you have a, I guess, a non-GoDaddy event coming up that you're organizing this weekend. It, it may be uh, over by the time this podcast comes out, but you have a WordPress event coming up this weekend? Yeah, exactly right. So about two years ago, uh, I, I kind of coined the term camp press and thought that it would be really fun to have um, geeks get together uh, in the middle of the wilderness and go camping together and kind of form uh, greater, bigger bonds. And uh, and I opened registration and 
turns out I got a good group of people um, coming from as far away as Germany uh, to spend some time camping and getting to know each other uh, in the middle of uh, Oklahoma at, uh, at Aaron Campbell's um, uh, old summer camp that he lives on. Oh, so there's actually, it's in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of Oklahoma, basically almost like the dead center of the U.S., but there's actually a WordPress community member that lives there. Exactly right. Yeah, Aaron Campbell works for GoDaddy now. He didn't at the time that we started working on this, um, but he is the official security czar for for the WordPress project. Um, and he, uh, his family has very graciously offered up uh, their camp um, for us to for us to rent to um, to hold Camp Press. And so we're going to have all sorts of really fun activities that involve being offline, not online. And in fact, there's very little cellular service there. So we're communicating by walkie-talkies, not, not cell phones. So what's, the, what's your main interest in holding a, a camping event for WordPress? Is it to get people disconnected? Is it to get people healthy and to get out? What, um, what's your drive behind doing this yeah so so the official uh the official explanation of camp press is that it's a community event for um, technologists and geeks that focus on building relationships offline and uh, the idea is that there aren't any distractions of technology there um my my whole idea is that, that i want oh hey yeah. Mendo. yes Hello. Yeah, hey Mendel. Sorry, I lost you. Just when um, uh, you, it was a, it was a good time. You basically were saying, "Hey, so the official," and then the sound died after that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, the the official explanation of Camp Press is that it's a community event for technologists and geeks um, that focuses on building relationships offline. Um, my passion is bringing technologists, people that are stuck behind a computer or in a lab um, or on a job site out from behind those enclosed spaces that maybe don't expose them to nature and other people and getting them to interact in person again. Um, I, I think that it's a, a, a super important thing, especially in such a connected world, that we take a second to step away from our devices and, uh, and talk one-on-one. -on -one. So this has been in the in the works for a couple of years. Is it something you're exploring on a bigger scale? Is this a one-off event? What do you think? Yeah, exactly right. So um, so after Oklahoma, um, I'm planning on spinning up some regional camp presses uh, on the coasts of the U.S., um, possibly in Canada, possibly in Europe. And uh, there's a super exciting, extra special one that I'm planning in April. Um, you'll have to uh, you'll have to go to camp.press to uh, to find out where that next one is going to be. Um, but let's just say uh, there there are volcanoes there, um, so it it should be pretty um, pretty awesome. And uh, I, I want to bring this experience to people around the world um, so that they can they can feel firsthand what it feels like to disconnect um, to form stronger bonds with people in their industry and, and hopefully move on from there 
from WordPress into uh, into other communities as well. Oh, so you're trying to open this up much beyond the WordPress community, trying to get people from just tech tech people in general to take it out from their screens and uh, take it outdoors. Yeah, exactly right. It's it's kind of half technology mixer and half um, half disconnected event. So. Oh, cool. So how many people do you have coming to this initial camp press this weekend? So we have a little over 20. Um, there were some people that RSVP'd, but uh, it, it's it's interesting. They found it difficult to disconnect long enough to, uh, to come. And so some of them pulled out at the last second. Um, we have a real solid group of people uh, coming from as far away as Germany, um, people from the coast, uh, flying in, driving in. Uh, so it should be really extraordinary. Um, and, uh, and we're looking at from now on having sessions of, uh, 15, around 15 people per event. Um, and then one big one at the end of the year, every year. CampCon. Yeah, CampCon. That's, that's a good name. Maybe I'll go grab the domain name for that. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I guess the trick is to find somewhere where there's no Wi-Fi access. People can't, uh, be tweeting their, their selfies or. Uh, their photos all the time they're meant to be at a an offline camp yeah exactly right find somewhere way out in the world yeah yeah cool so um where would people go to find out more about camp press camp dot press yeah it's just camp dot press uh there's no dot com or anything like that it's just camp dot press and all of the information is there in fact uh if you go to sign up or register there's now a form where you can add your email to uh, find out about um, uh, find out about the 2018 events so hey, and where will people see you in the next uh, couple of months are you going to any big WordPress conferences going to uh, WordCamp US I guess anywhere else that people might find yeah you? I'll be at WordCamp US I'll also be at Cabo Press and uh, might make some um, make some appearances at some other regional WordCamps so Oh, but you have a larger team now. It's not always Mendel being the GoDaddy face at every WordPress event. Yeah, right. Exactly right. There are um, there are people that are doing the, a similar job all over the country, and that was kind of the point to get people out from um, from their desks at GoDaddy and and start having them interact with the community as well. Also, so, um, can I bug you quickly? You just dropped out when you said, um, "Oh yeah, that's right." And oh. There's a team. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so um, so we have multiple people coming from the company to help get the word out about what we're doing, and uh, and to get feedback from the community. So uh, so you'll likely see other people besides me at other events around around the world. Cool. And uh, anything big coming up with GoDaddy that um, you can talk about, or is it all uh, secret under wraps? Well, most of it's secret. Uh, I will say that we've been testing a beta platform for man managed WordPress uh, 2.0, and uh, that will come with some really fun stuff like free SSL and um, and uh, and PHP 7 7x and things like that. So that's something to keep an eye on if you're a WordPress creator. Wonderful. Uh, been great to have you. Thanks, Mendo. Hey, thank you.